What's up, y'all? This is the one and only shot to Thunder Willie Mac. It's your boy Hot Fire. This is Fred Ottman, Tugboat Typhoon. This is Royce, ISAAC dollar sign. So hello everyone, it's Stephen Jackson, aka DJ215, here again with another exclusive and very exciting interview. This time I'm delighted to be joined by United Wrestling Network announcer James Kincaid. So how are you doing, James? Hey, Stephen, thank you so much for, for having me. I, I'm doing very well and uh, I'm, I'm excited to chat with you today. Oh, no, thank you. Um, it's a great honor for me. You know, it's actually, I'm only an amateur at this as well. So actually having a professional a wrestling announcer on the show, you know, it can pick up some pointers as well, which I didn't say off air, you know, and uh, improve my um, skills as well. But no, the pleasure's all mine. Thank you for, for coming on. I've got a massive respect for the UWM brand and all of the talent over there in, uh, you know, in the United Wrestling Network. I think you do phenomenal things. And throughout 2020 as well, the product you've been putting out has been, I've loved it, you know, and the talent you've shown has been brilliant. All, all of you from in the ring and outside the ring, it's such a great product. So no, thank you. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate the kind words, and it, it was it's really cool to me that, you know, United Wrestling Network and everything like that, that we uh, have the reach, you know, over into the UK and to the point where you're enjoying it to the level where, where you'd, you'd have me on, and uh, I really have enjoyed uh, all the stuff that I've, I've done with United Wrestling Network and Championship Wrestling and uh, Primetime Live, all, all that stuff uh, has been such a thrill for me. And in a, in a year that has been so trying for, for so many people, it's been a, a tremendous, uh, silver lining. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I think the, the thing was, was that, um, when primetime live was, was announced initially, um, I mean, I'd been watching championship wrestling from, from Hollywood, um, for it actually been shown very early, here in the UK on UK screen. So I'd kind of been following it on and off when I had time. And then I'd found championship wrestling from Arizona, which I kind of became obsessed with just because it, <laughs> I just love the product. And then the whole brand kind of grew from, you know, to the different territories. And then when primetime live was announced, you know, in the middle of this pandemic, it was exciting because again, as we've just, you know, it's a bit of normality, weekly, weekly wrestling, you know, weekly TV wrestling as well, very much like uh, NWA Power with hungry talents and young talents and a, a really polished, professional-looking product. And that's what I love about it is that it's so... Um, it looks so good on on screen, you know, it just looks so nice to watch and just so crisp and um, just quality. Do you know what I mean? Just quality. I mean, working there, do you feel that kind of... I mean, we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but just just because it's an interesting question I've got. But do you feel that quality, like in terms of the presentation and the aesthetics and things, that what we see on screen is what it is like in person? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I I was so impressed the the first time I, I stepped into 
uh, both championship wrestling from Hollywood staging and uh, primetime live, how they had everything uh, set up, you know, and, and during a pandemic to be able to put forth such a such a just a, a great presentation. I mean, David Marquez, Nick Bonanno, John Roberts, Aaron Stevens and the like, they do uh, just such a phenomenal job w- with that. And I, I, lo- I, I love how it looks. You know, I, I yeah. love how it comes across on the screen. And we'll pr- this will probably be a theme, a lot of, you know, what you talk to me about in terms of pro wrestling in the pandemic era. But you find silver linings in, you know, the going back to the primetime live stuff and that whole setup. I, I loved how sort of the environment was incorporated into several of the matches in a way that was different than if there had been fans there. You know, it was done on a closed uh, set at Thunder Studios, but you know I, I can't help but think of primetime live set and think of uh, Kevin Martinson, who had many many a run in with uh, the ramp uh, at primetime <laughs> live, going so far as to wear what was the I hate ramp T-shirt in one of his <laughs> matches there, and uh, you know I mean it's just it, it was it was so much fun. It is so much fun, and I'm I'm glad that that sort of presentation jumps off the screen as well for the viewer. Oh yeah, um, I mean it it just screams of just class i think what i love about it is it's the it's the old influence and the new in that it's classic wrestling of a time which you know has elements of nostalgia but it's got a modern twist on it with the hd um presentation and the young guys coming up and the um you know like the vignettes and the um the the accessibility through you know either fight or um, you know the internet which helps to then you know reach out to wider audiences not just me here in the UK but the whole world essentially you know and I think um, the other thing with the the pandemic is that like we just spoke about off air um, it has kind of allowed a lot of wrestlers um, and a lot of talent to um, kind of grow in terms of how they appear um, in in term, well, how they appear in front of a of a camera, but also then how they will interact with an audience when an audience does come back into the you know into the arenas or into the uh, at the events and things. And I mean, for you as a a wrestling announcer as well, like have you found it quite an educational experience being there in a um in an arena which although you would have um, the wrestling going on in the ring, you would also have the sound of the fans. But when that fan participation is taken away and it's focused entirely on the in-ring product and what's going on, because obviously there's no um, you know, fan noise and things, has it kind of made you look at the announcing side of it slightly differently and helped you to look at it in a different, uh, a different way? Yeah, no, I, absolutely. It has changed, changed the dynamic. And I, I think in a, in a few, few different ways, one you know, you feed the wrestlers feed off the crowd. So do commentators, you know, yes. and, and the crowd, you know, the crowd reaction, you know, helps the commentators sort of tell the story, which is the, which is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to help re- relay what is going on in the ring, the story that is being told, which is really what pro wrestling is all about. And why I love pro wrestling is it's great storytelling. And so without fans, th- there's, there's a different dynamic there. It's, uh, you know, if you look at like, say, you know, WWE, where sometimes they have fans that don't want to cheer for the the baby face or or what <laughs> have you, uh, is now they have the opportunity that we have full control, more control of the story. Interestingly, 
with without fans because there is no sort of revolt in, in case if maybe, you know, they don't want to cheer for the baby face. But at the same time, there's more responsibility uh, on us to be a bigger part of telling that story because you don't have the fan reaction. Uh, and, you know, I think we try and, you know, get with the the wrestlers and, and, and you know, learn about them and ha- how we can sort of help tell their story in, in the ring. And it is, it's very cool. It is a heavier responsibility without fans. I, I do feel uh, just because we don't have that to sort of feed off of and learn from and sort of they give you that roadmap. Uh, but it is still it's it's an awesome experience uh, to to do that. And it is telling a story for the fan watching at home, obviously, uh, but without having that that crowd sort of leading you down the path of of what they're really connecting with. And, yeah. and then at the same time, too, your your energy, you know, the energy yeah. wise, you, you feed off the crowd. You know, I, I work for the United Wrestling Network. I also work uh, in the NBA and we do road games from our home arena. So we don't have, you know, so not only do we not have fans, we're calling, you know, I, I'm, I'm producing this broadcast off of a, a monitor with the team, you know, however many miles away. And so it's something that I know, you know, working with Todd Kennelly and Blake Troop, that we really take it seriously to bring our energy up and to, you know, and to have to sort of really raise that up and not let it wane, you know, just because fans aren't there. Yeah. Um, I mean, it does have such a um, element on the actual storytelling because it is all about telling a story, and it is interesting you say that because I hadn't thought of it before that you do have more control over what is is seen by the fans at home rather than you know if there were fans there who were taking kindly to something like you know there are certain wrestlers who might not necessarily be being getting over but then you know they want them to get over so you know it has the reverse effect so i hadn't actually thought of that before so that is a really interesting um you know little thing i hadn't thought of and it's interesting as well that you mentioned there that you work alongside uh todd and uh, todd kennelly and a uh, break troop because i mean one of the questions i did have was i think you all share great chemistry and you're a great trio of announcers together and you all feed off one another and i mean what is it like working with uh todd and blake because they are you know great um you know mouthpieces in terms of the you know, announcing i think todd's i i think as well that um todd is one of the currently one of the best front men and play-by-play men in you know in in wrestling you know who i think doesn't get as much praise as what he should do as well because he is he is so good at telling the story to the fans at home because i mean what's it like working with those guys oh it's it's amazing and and you're completely right uh you know i love working with both of them and I'll, i'll start with todd who uh i've told him this recently actually it's just uh, to bring it back to NBA terms, I think he's a great point guard. You know, yes. he, 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 he is such a great leader on the broadcast and setting Blake and I up for our spots. You know, he knows when to pass us, uh, not the ball, but the microphone to let us get us get in and help sort of enhance that story while he is still doing the play by play. And it, it's the benefit of continuity as well that he has been with the United Wrestling Network for so long that mm. he he knows the lore and history of the promotion intrinsically. You know, yes. it, 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 he has it all in this sort of encyclopedic nature. And so it it none of it comes off forced. It's so organic from him. And, and I think that really comes across in the broadcast. So, yeah, Todd, Todd is a great 
uh, lead play-by-play guy, great point guard. Uh, gosh, having Blake Troop on, on the call as well. <laughs> I mean, the most legit, you know, bad man uh, on, I think, any <laughs> any broadcast in, in wrestling right now. I mean, he's a legitimate uh, MMA fighter. He's a he's tough as nails, but he is such a pro and such a such a genuinely nice guy as well. I, I love working with both of them. And, you know, they they Todd, especially, you know, because he's been doing it for so long, really, when I when I came aboard, uh, helped me really find my niche and find my way uh, with the United Wrestling Network. And, and both of them just welcomed me with open arms. And it was uh, it was very cool that they did that. And it's every time we do championship wrestling for Hollywood uh, every time that we did primetime live, it's just always so much fun. And we really do believe that our chemistry gets better and better every time out there. So we're, we're always uh, excited to to do it and work and continue working with one another because it, it's just a blast. And, I, and I, I'm so proud of working with that team. And, you know, shout out to Alyssa Marino as well, who I, I got to work with a, a few times uh, also. And sh- she's just another pro. So really a, yeah. a great crop of commentators and broadcasters that the United Wrestling Network has. Oh yeah, um, you know I think that's one of the other things with the um, the whole UWN network for me is that um, the through like I said I've watched it on and off through it through its history and it's only these past few years that I've kind of watched it avidly but there is that always that continuity and I think because as well David Marquez is such a strong mouthpiece in himself you feel and he's such a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, announcer and um, sportscaster more than anything that it, it brings that legitimacy. And then, and then when you're able to bring in Todd and Blake and yourself, who, um, although a professional, also have your own elements to it. So it's not just one dimensional. It's that it's everyone plays into one another and everyone tells the story. It's always appealed to me that I think, and I think that's one of the great things about the actual brand is that it feels like a complete package. It feels like everything is such a nice easy watch wrestling show and that was one of the great things about primetime live was that it was you know well last year anyway because i know that it's due to come back but it, it um you know 12 episodes a great season worth of episodes and you know you were able to each episode it you were saying when the chemistry kept growing you know you could see it was building you could see that things were developing and you could see that things were getting exciting you know and um it's definitely a show which um like I said, harks back to a time of wrestling, which is um, sort of like the, the 70s and the 80s, you may say, those territory days. And I mean, for you as a fan, because you said you do love wrestling, where did wrestling become part of your life? What what kind of sparked the love of pro wrestling for you? Oh, man. Well, I will say that my first favorite wrestler was Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just so that I mean, those characters, you know, the Hulk Hogan's, the Macho Man's sort of Jake the Snake Roberts just. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, just blew my mind as, as a youngster. And I, I was pretty young, too. Uh, but Macho Man Randy Savage really was the first one that just was so larger than life to me. And I loved Hulk Hogan, but Macho Man was always my guy. Mm. And, and so I remember having, you know, my dad, we would rent the old Coliseum, Coliseum videotapes of, you know, WrestleMania four and then WrestleMania five. I watched WrestleMania five so many times, just hoping that every time I watched it, (laughs) that there would be a different ending result and that Macho Man would finally beat Hulk Hogan. Never happened, obviously, uh, because. 
because the results wouldn't change. Uh, but that's you know I got the I got the bug definitely from that sort of golden age of the the rock and wrestling uh, era there, the golden age of WWF. And then you know Shawn Michaels, my all time favorite professional wrestler ever. I just think I think he is the the greatest storyteller in in ring uh, that wrestling has has ever had. I just I can't say enough of good good things about about him, his career, the sec incredible second act to his career that I never thought uh, mm. we would see happen. And so you know I, I was I was hooked, and I I was you know an A number one fan, you know. Go, convincing my dad to take me to a couple WrestleManias and, and, and things like that when I was when I was younger and then continuing on my my very first trip uh flight that I ever took by myself was to WrestleMania 23 in Detroit because oh, Shawn wow. Michaels was in the main event against John Cena so I was like I have to I have to go to this so I went <laughs> by myself uh that's a whole nother story but you know in terms of how I got into it from from this side I always had the just the utmost respect and just was so impressed with uh mean gene okerland like him yes. to me was sort of that perfect combination of he's clearly a pro wrestling character but he's also this like pros pro you know he's a real broadcaster yeah and everything he did in those backstage interviewers interviews made the world of the world wrestling federation feel more real when mean gene was asking you know jake the snake roberts or million dollar man a question he was asking them legitimate questions. His reactions were legitimate. It just made everything feel so real. And and I love going back and listening to Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura or Gorilla and Bobby Heenan. Just I knew that I didn't have the athletic ability to be a professional wrestler, but I wanted to be involved in, in some way. And so those were heavy influences on me on the, on the broadcasting side. Oh, wow. I mean – you know, I agree that Macho Man Randy Savage, although um, I caught the tail end of his career, but watching him retrospectively, you know, with uh, videotapes and seeing him, he just was phenomenal. They say as well, there was a quote I heard a long time ago that real real wrestling fans love Macho Man Randy Savage. And you can see that he was just such a one-of-a-kind character in terms of, and wrestler in terms of what he was able to achieve. He was you could not be a, well you couldn't not be drawn to Randy Savage if you weren't a wrestling fan because he was just he's so timeless with what he does and I mean you watch those um like you said those matches from the the 80s and the early 90s and you know the way he um portrayed himself and the way he his attire and his you know yeah. just the stuff he said his quotes and you know, it's what, so, it's so interesting too because he was not the biggest guy, especially no. for back in, back in that era. But you wouldn't know it by how he carried himself, mm. which I think is a great lesson for so many wrestlers today. Yeah, you know, I, he, I look um, at like a guy like Santos Escobar. That guy to me is a megastar, and he carries himself like that. You know, he's not yeah. the biggest guy there is, but try telling him that he carries himself <laughs> like he's the top guy. Oh yeah. Um, I think that go. I think he did a lot of that, and he uh, he definitely um, broke a lot of glass ceilings, which a lot of, um, especially in mainstream wrestling, I think gets overlooked. And I mean, if like you were saying, in terms of seeing what he could do, you know, he could work on the mat, he could do the hardcore stuff, he could do the high flying stuff, he could talk. He was just a complete package, you know. And I think. He and he could he could announce he was on the commentary team yes. of Raw at the beginning and he he called some great matches you know he called Bret Hart and One Two Three Kid and he called 
Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect, one of my all-time favorite matches in the two oh, yeah. balls from Raw. You know, and uh, he he was such a great you know character and such a ten years as well since he died. It's nearly ten years since he died. Can't believe you know can't yeah. believe it's been ten years. It's crazy. I remember it being announced and everything. It was uh, a huge shock. You know. Um, yeah, that was one of those where I, I I will always remember like where I was and just ah oh man, that was that was a gut punch because he was just starting to get sort of back into the, yeah. the good favor of WWE and everything, and I was I was very excited about that because I, I just he was he was my guy growing up, so him being on the outside looking in was just never sat right with me. So uh, yeah, that was a tough one. He um he definitely has a a legacy which is timeless and will continue to grow and i mean the the thing what i find most um exciting is that his work is just so relatable again in every era it doesn't matter whether you were watching it at the time it doesn't matter if you were watching it now it just is so real and so like his when he went off on hulk hogan after he took elizabeth away from you know (laughs) like you could feel it you know and you could feel the mega powers exploding you could feel when he got bit by the snake and stuff by lucifer which is still probably the craziest thing i've ever seen you know um he he definitely was a a a one-of-a-kind act and in the same vein you know Shawn michaels i i agree you know um i mean i caught Shawn michaels just again as his first run was coming to a finish and then he was away and he kind of came back and forth in terms of like a authority figure and a referee didn't he and then he came back in 2002 and he just was even better than when he left in the early years and he just um he was unbelievable in the ring i mean his again his versatility in terms of how he was able to work with everybody and work so many different matches in so you know ladder matches cage matches hell in the cell singles tags just like it's an education in terms of how to how to wrestle and just a treat for an announcer i expect you know like someone like jim ross must have just loved it every time he was able to call a, a Shawn michaels match and that um probably my favorite commentary match which is commentated by jim ross i know a lot of people say the um, Hell in the Cell, but my, my particular with Mankind and The Undertaker, but mine will always be WrestleMania 25 with Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker and just him and him, Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole when they were on the call for that one. And just the, you were saying about the audience bringing everything to the boil when you're on the call and stuff and you could just feel it. Like you could just feel the, <laughs> yeah. the rawness what, what, of the audience listening to it. I think Jim it. Ross, what did he say? We're having an out-of-body experience yes. uh, <laughs> yeah. during that match. And, it, God, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it oh, right now. Me I mean, too. That's, that's, that's the beauty of pro wrestling. For me, it's it's Sean and Ric Flair at WrestleMania 24. Yeah. Whenever somebody asks me, you know, why, you know, why do I like wrestling? Like what, what, you know, what, what is it about it? If you could show me one match, what would it be? And I've done this and it's always Sean versus Rick at WrestleMania 24 because they tell such a, such a beautiful story. And I had somebody write me back. He said, I watched the whole thing. He's like, I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't really know who Ric Flair was going into that match, but coming out, I understood what a legend he was and what they were trying to sort of convey like Bravo. And that, that to me that I'm sorry, I, I love you moment is kind of an untoppable WrestleMania moment for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you can, you can definitely, you can feel 
you could just feel it, you know, and you could just, and, and when he came out with his player with his robe and just the yeah. crowd, and there was one little moment on commentary as well where um, he came down to the ring and it was after the fireworks had gone off and he was just about to get into the ring was Ric Flair and then um, you could tell Jerry Lawler was getting choked up because obviously he'd faced him back in the day and they'd had such mm-hmm. a rivalry, but there was just one little moment where someone had a, they just had a simple cardboard sign that just said Flair forever. And then he just literally said that on commentary, the Jerry Lawler, it's like Flair forever. And it's like, you can little moments like that, where it's just one or two words, which just grasp the moment. And you're like, yeah, you know, you've got me now and I'm going to be watching it. And for me as well, the, the Shawn Michaels moment, which always sticks out to me, um, at WrestleMania, though, was um, WrestleMania 26 with The Undertaker, yeah. where he wouldn't go down, and he was climbing back up, and, you know, The Undertaker, you know, stay down, stay down, and, you know, he's climbing back up, and then it's so slow, and it's so painful, but yet so beautiful at the same time, and then, you know, you, the, the end is nigh, you know, but there's still one more slap in there, which is just yep. going to have to get in for all time's sake, and then that's I, the I, end, I, I, I said it at the time, I was just like, defiant to the end. Yes. And, and, that, and that, I mean, it was it really told the whole story of, of sort of Shawn Michaels' career in that moment, because he was defiant throughout his whole career he was the guy that was too small but you know but sort of broke through that ceiling for so many guys that we see today and uh yeah that was a beautiful moment too i could go on forever no, <laughs> about, it is too. michael's matches and stuff like there's, that there's too many you know i mean one of the ones just you know we've got all the time in the world but the other one i love um which, which always sticks out to me, another WrestleMania rim match. And we can't not mention Shawn Michaels and WrestleMania without mentioning the ladder match at WrestleMania 10 with uh, yes. Reza, Reza Ramon, who is one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. I, I love Scott Hall. Scott Hall, yes. for me, was the coolest dude. As a, as a like five-year-old kid, seeing Scott Hall on Nitro and the NWO, and then obviously seeing him, because I was a bit too young to see him at that point so watching that back match back and seeing you know the genesis of that with uh with razor and just the match they had the ladder match just in madison square garden and you know although jim ross wasn't on the call it was jerry lawler and then vince mcmahon and vince mcmahon as well he's a he was a very very good announcer although a lot of people he doesn't get mentioned a lot sadly but i think, I think he he's told underrated. brilliant stories i think he told brilliant stories and when he was at um madison square garden for um events he and pay-per-views he he was phenomenal you know he he told that whole match on commentary for wrestlemania 10 and he told brett and owen and he told you know austin and brett from survivor series and he was I mean, brett from 12 i yeah. mean come on the boyhood dream has come true yeah. for Shawn michaels it's an epic call i i think yeah. vince is so underrated and, and he's definitely somebody that in my own commentary I, I listen to and and try and sort of pick and choose and how I might rework certain things, uh, you know, to to my own sort of style. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, um, you know, I was about to say as well, um, in terms of you getting into announcing, what what was your um, sort of. Where where did it start? Where did your training come from? Because I mean, like you said, you um, along with being a wrestling announcer, you um, work in the NBA and you know the the basketball um, you know, announcing and things. Did it kind of come from there? And then did wrestling come from that, or was it wrestling and then the NBA? What kind of led to the um to the actual wrestling announcing? 
Okay, so I'll take you all the way back to when I, w- I was very young. Loved wrestling. Baseball was probably my first love, uh, sports-wise. Uh, I had this dream that you know I would work for my favorite baseball teams, the Chicago White Sox. Randomly enough, that's a whole nother story. But uh, so I knew it's it's interesting with me. I've always been sort of an old soul, and you know, listening to you know the shadow radio serial tapes when I'd go to bed, and so I was always sort of enthralled by the power of broadcasting in particular uh, radio. And so, you know, as athletic ability sort of went by the wayside for me, you know, I played, I played tennis in high school or whatever, but mm. I knew I wasn't going to, you know, pl- you know, be pro or anything like that. Um, but I've always been sort of surrounded by sports. I'm, I'm named after my dad's favorite athlete, Jimmy Connors, the tennis player. Oh, wow. uh, uh, and I've always just sort of been surrounded by it and always had this, it, because I think my appreciation for broadcasting, I always had an instant appreciation for when I heard good announcing and commentary. You know, it just I had an ear for it, I feel like. And I was drawn to it. So I went to San Francisco State University uh, here in California, and I, I live in San Francisco now. And so I got my degree in radio and television broadcasting there. And I kind of knew probably early on in high school, even before I went to college, that this was the route that I wanted to go. Yeah. And, you know, for for a while, it was more gear. I worked in sports radio for, for a little while. I was doing uh, some producing and some sports update announcing f- for them and, and, and stuff like that. But my my heart was always with pro wrestling. And it was just all because, you know, again, going back to that question, why do you like pro wrestling? And I love sports. And in pro wrestling, you're almost always guaranteed to get a game seven to get a yeah. bottom of the ninth situation, to get a tie game type situation, to get one of those epic sort of memorable moments. Something's got to give, you know, you're in the fifth set or, or whatever. You're in overtime. <laughs> you're pro wrestling because of the nature that it is scripted is designed to present you those moments. And that's when sports at its very best. So why wouldn't I love professional wrestling? You know, it's, <laughs> those are the stories that I am guaranteed to get. I'm not going to get a 21, nothing blowout in, in the main event of uh, WrestleMania or in the main event of primetime live. Like, no, you're going to get uh, a classic. And yeah. so that's, that's always sort of, I knew I wanted to go into broadcasting because of sort of my background and always loving loving that and being sort of very drawn to the storytellers of sports. And, you know, part of my job with the Warriors and in the NBA, and I think this is hopefully has served me well, uh, I, I think it has, is that part of my job, especially early on in my tenure there, was to get highlights from other teams broadcasts that we could use on the air. So I spent a long time as I was working my way up listening to every broadcast in the NBA. And I wow. grew up listening to all these baseball and other broadcasts. So, you know, I, again, it's, uh, I think, I think Hulk Hogan was talking about how he got sort of the 24 inch pythons line. It was like a throwaway line in a, uh, superstar Billy Graham promo that he never really used it a lot, but Hogan heard it one time. He's like, I'm going to use that. So similarly for me, I'll listen, I'll listen to our own broadcast for the warriors, which I think is the best in the NBA and I, I hear Tim Roy, who is the voice of the Warriors, and I will listen to things he says. And out of homage, I have sort of incorporated them into my my wrestling commentary. And I and I do that with others. And, you know, just to 
just to use an example here. And and by the way, he knows I do this and he's co-signed on it. So it's, it's not like I'm I'm ripping him off or anything. But it's he uh, you know, when somebody goes up for a big dunk in basketball, uh, oftentimes Tim Royal say elevation sensation and for me. <laughs> I'm like, well, when somebody comes off the top rope, that's the real elevation sensation. So I'm just <laughs> going to grab that, put it in my pocket and, and kind of go from there. And, you know, also movies are a big influence on me, like certain certain movie lines, certain, you know, because, again, it's about telling stories. Mm-hmm. And so if it resonates with me, uh, I can sort of rework it to my own style and incorporate it into commentary. Yeah, I mean, um, it is fascinating how so many famous quotes, either in wrestling or or in anything in general, or either have have either been not really highly publicized, like you said, with Hulk Hogan and the Pythons, which uh, are um, there are certain instances where you'll you'll hear things and you know they'll become um, catchphrases, like you were saying, picking up on those things, but also knowing the audience it's kind of going back to what todd you were saying about todd kenley but but knowing having such a grasp on what's going on and being able to read what's going on and being able to find those little niches and those little nuances is the thing what is so special about it and you know i think um one of the special things what i think one of the things we are blessed with as as wrestling fans um is that wrestling heavily promotes there are no, there, there, there are very few bad commentators in the sense that you know there are very few people who can't call a match or there are very few people who can't get into you know can't call the action. There are very few people who aren't entertaining, if any. But when you listen to other sports, there are certain like here in the UK, for example, there are particular sports broadcasters who call like soccer or like football, and they're so dull. they just don't engage the audience and that's one of the things where i think having that background knowledge like you were saying and having that uh, desire to go and listen to radio broadcasts and pick things out and be able to read the um action what's taking place it's a very unique skill which i think wrestling is blessed within that you know you are um calling something which does involve a lot of um exciting like you said it's bottom of the ninth it's a lot of exciting maneuvers it's a lot of exciting storytelling it's not something which is necessarily you know necessarily dull or one-dimensional like there's always something happening you know which i think um is exciting for a fan at home as well and um i mean i mean for you as well as a as an announcer like when you are calling a basketball game I'm I'm not okay with basketball in in uh, you know any any sense of the imagination. But in terms of calling a basketball game, um, do you get that same thrill you get from wrestling? Like, does it does it get you that kind of adrenaline pumping and everything? I, I, or do you have to stay very impartial and very kind of um, you know sort of the um the middleman or does it kind of lean towards your home team winning and you know edging towards them as opposed to being a bit more sort of impartial well okay so that's a great question uh i I don't want to misrepresent myself so for the warriors i do do sometimes the halftime and post game show but i don't do play-by-play for them I, i i produce the the broadcast but uh when i'm when i'm sitting in the booth I mean, I get wrapped up in it. Sometimes it's 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 hard it's hard not to 
uh, especially, you know, if, if you follow the team and you know what, you know, Steph Curry just does these miraculous, inconceivable things on the basketball court. But uh, the voice of the Warriors, Tim Roy, he he calls it impartially. But when an exciting moment happens, he leans into that. He, he in my opinion, is sort of like the perfect combination uh, of that. You know, obviously he's excited because he's a team employee, as as I am. Yeah. And, and so it's, you know, we want them to win. Uh, it's different if he was like, say, a national broadcast. And then it's, you know, you're supposed to be excited for for everything exciting that's happened. And I think we walk that line pretty well. Uh, it, it's funny in in American sports, at least, I'm, I'm not sure how it is over in, in the UK and abroad, if there's any sort of backlash towards uh, people being sort of uh, the term here is homers, which is. Uh, being there's a lot of that. Being <laughs> there's a lot of extremely in the favor of one team. One of my one of my favorite broadcasters. Again, going back to baseball, I love the Chicago White Sox, and uh, his name's Hawk Harrelson, and he retired a few years ago. But he's one of the most notorious. Just lived and died with the White Sox. I mean, you know, he, he, some, sometimes to his own detriment, he was definitely, I, I think he's legendary. Other people would call him an acquired taste. Uh, but I mean, he, he would be the point that if the other team hit like a home run to win the game, he would, he would just stop talking. <laughs> so, you know, it was, so you want to walk that line, maybe not go that far into it. Uh, but I definitely, you know, do get, uh, a similar sort of rush uh, doing the basketball stuff. You know, we, we've had this incredible run in, in Golden State with the, you know, the last uh, several years, not so much these last two, but, you know, when I first joined in 2014, we went on this legendary run. But, I mean, for me, there there's nothing like uh, pro wrestling. And, and there's, you know, when you're, you're feeling it, and, and again, I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to work alongside Todd and Blake, and it's just... You know, when when all those things are just firing on all cylinders, it's it's so much fun. And yeah. uh, we, gosh, I'm trying I'm trying to think, uh, man, some of my favorite matches like Mike Bennett and Sean Devari, a primetime live. Yeah. One, one, one of my favorite matches that I've that I've gotten to call. And th- that was just one where even in the moment I was like, this, this is all like, I don't know, feeling we're feeling it right now. Uh, and, and, the, and, you know, credit to the performers that sort of they bring that out of the commentators too, you know? Yeah. And so credit to them. And th- that's, that's definitely one that, that I really enjoy, but there, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing like calling pro wrestling to me and to being a part of it. It's, it's what I've always wanted to do and, you know, being, being involved with it, just always a thrill. Oh yeah. Um, I think there's nothing like it in the world. And, you know, I, as you just said about homers, anyone who's listening to this will know that there are particular, in the UK, um, there there is kind of a an unwritten rule in sports broadcasting that you have to be impartial, but you know sometimes that that doesn't always happen, and that sometimes can uh, cause a lot of backlash <laughs> from people. Um, well, I'll, t- I'll tell a quick Homer story. Well, not a Homer story necessarily, <laughs> but in terms of impartiality, uh, the first WrestleMania I covered as press when I was still at the sports radio. Uh, you know, in, 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 in sports, in the press box, which is different from when you're doing commentary or announcing, you are supposed to be impartial because you're, you know, you're media, you're supposed to be this yeah. sort of, so we covered WrestleMania 31 in, uh, Santa Clara. And this is my first time going to WrestleMania as quote media or press. And 
I was, you know, I was excited for, for WrestleMania. Like I, I'm, you know, I want to, I, I was kind of 50, 50 on if we should go to the press box. Cause like, I want to cheer and, you know, and, <laughs> and enjoy myself and, and stuff like that. And it's like, but you know, knowing my background in sports, like I'm going to play it straight laced and, and all this stuff. First match, uh, I, for, I forget which one it was, but a holy bleep chant started throughout the entire press <sighs> box. So I was like, okay, well, we're amongst friends here. We can have fun. Was it the ladder match? Is that what it was? was I think it, it was. Match? Yeah, I yeah, think it was. Got yes. into ladder match. Yeah. Yeah, um, I believe that's right. Yeah, great show as well. WrestleMania yes. 31, incredible. Sting, Sting and Triple H, the NWO, the NWO and DX as well. What a moment. Um, yes. Loved it. Um, that's the thing as well, I think, is that, you know, immediately when you talk about wrestling to another person, are you... You, you can just talk for hours about it. And I think that's one of the great things about wrestling is that, you know, you can then, um, you can have a laugh about it, but you can also talk seriously about it and you can enjoy it. And then you can share a lot of emotion about it, which I think is very unique in terms of, you know, sports in general, I think really, you know, it's very much a, um, an exciting thing to be a community to be part of. And, um, in terms of like the actual, this kind of goes back to the basketball, but it's just another thing I'm curious about. But um, do a lot of the wrestlers and a lot of the talent at the UWN or, or um, you know, people actually follow basketball? Like, have there been some kind kind of heated moments backstage if um, you know particular teams are doing well and other teams aren't doing well, or watching games together and uh, results not coming out exactly how we would want them to? <laughs> uh, no, no, no heated moments, but a little bit of trash talk. I, I remember <laughs> when the uh, the Dodgers won the World Series uh, this past year in that shortened season. There, there's a little bit of uh, smack talk from uh, a couple of guys from Northern California to a couple of guys <laughs> from Southern California and, and stuff like that, which which is hilarious for me because I, I had no, even though I live in North. Northern California, I had no sort of skin in the game because I'm a random White Sox fan. So I didn't, you know, <laughs> I didn't care. But it was, yeah, no, no real heated moments, just some playful, uh, playful trash talk. We were, gosh, I forget. Um, we were, it did a primetime live either the night the Dodgers clinched the World Series or the Lakers clinched the finals. I forget, I forget which one it was now at this point in time. But so I was leaving primetime live. And the we heard like the fireworks and the stuff like <laughs> the celebration going. That was pretty cool. That, that, yeah. that was pretty cool to be in, in Los Angeles f- for that. So, uh, but yeah, no, no heated moments. Everybody's pretty locked in. And the, yeah, I gotta say too, the uh, you t- first of all, I I have to echo what you said about the wrestling community. And anytime that it's like if I find out somebody is a wrestling fan or 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 whatever, an aficionado. It's instantly it's like, I know I can have a conversation with this person. It, yeah. it, it almost is like, OK, you're not that you're cool or weren't cool if you weren't a wrestling fan, but I'm a little bit more relaxed or I, it's sort of like it's like, oh, OK, yeah, let's let's talk. And uh, so but the locker room at the UWN is is fantastic. I, I mean, yeah. just it's great camaraderie there, you know, with. You know, Blake and Todd helping me, you know, welcoming with open arms. So did everyone else. And, oh, and yeah. sort of just made, made me feel right at home. And every everybody there is uh, is just so welcoming. And, and, you know, it's it's a ton of fun. I love love joking around with them. I'm always excited uh, to go do championship wrestling from Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it looks like a really fun atmosphere. And it's somewhere, I think, as well, with what's been going on with COVID, I have more of a desire to just travel the world and see 
firsthand a lot of the wrestling which I've only seen through a screen, you know, and be able to see it in the flesh in, you know, its home environment, you know, and being there in, you know, there for Championship Wrestling from Hollywood in the bleachers and, you know, being able to see, you know, primetime live when fans are allowed to come back and things and come excited for that. And I think you are right in that it does um, help you relax a bit more when you are able to... um speak to people from the wrestling community because it it's a always an instant icebreaker you know like yeah. you can ask anything favorite match as we've just done favorite match favorite wrestler uh favorite show favorite moment whatever you can always and then it just goes from there and you can learn and it's, it's such a wonderful thing to be part of you know and um i think what's interesting as well you were saying about the um the roster backstage there so this is a, an interesting question for you so on your uh Anyone who's been watching uh, Primetime Live and anyone who looks at your Twitter profile photo will see that you have a <laughs> great on-screen partnership with a particular individual by the name of Levi Shapiro, who um, who he's incredibly entertaining, and yes. I love him. What's it like working with Levi? It must be such a thrill. You know, I just think he's fantastic. Timeless Levi Shapiro. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so glad you brought him up. And I hope, uh, you, you know, I, I do like to keep it kayfabe or whatever you want to call it. But uh, I can't lie about Levi. Working with him, working with him is is tremendous. And, uh, you, you know, this is, I guess, sort of goes into part of the story of how I even got to the UWN in the first place is through Levi Shapiro, because we started doing the Bay area version of championship wrestling from Hollywood, the syndicated version where Levi and I were the, the hosts. We are the mm. hosts of championship wrestling uh, presented by West coast pro wrestling, which is the yeah. Bay area version of championship wrestling from Hollywood. And we started doing that Inst- instant chemistry. I yes. mean, he is like the Bobby Heenan to my Gorilla Monsoon type, and we and we, and we love, love, love that that dynamic and sort of trying to put a you know a modern spin on the on the classic uh, pairing there. Le- Levi is is awesome, and I think, like you said, he is so entertaining. He is somebody that has you know really been thriving and and i think it's because and i think this he is a great lesson for a lot of wrestlers out there is that he understands backwards and forwards who timeless levi shapiro is what (laughs) timeless levi shapiro i use this example because you know early in the pandemic uh you saw wrestlers and sort of the more network wrestling scene struggling without the Mm. crowd you know certain wrestlers that clearly didn't know who they were without a live audience there to sort of tell them who they were. Uh, but Levi is not that, not that guy. Timeless Levi Shapiro knows how timeless Levi Shapiro would order a subway sandwich just <laughs> as much as he knows how he would apply the claw to any given opponent. And I think when you have that understanding of who your character is and how you want to present that to the audience, it makes a world of difference. So he could be thrown into any situation, any opponent, and he is going to have a good match and still convey what he needs to and be able to tell the story that he needs to, because he knows who he is when, right when he steps through that curtain. And even when he's off screen, that character might be in in the, in the back of his mind, but the timeless ones always lurking just needs to flip the switch. But I, I love working with them. I have so much fun doing our, our little uh, intro and outro vignettes and everything like that. We come up with some uh, some funny things, some things that sometimes get, you know, hit the cutting room floor. But, man, <laughs> he, he's uh, he's a blast. And actually, 
you know, it's, it's so much, he's been an education for me too, because I will at times ride down with him to championship wrestling from Hollywood. And that's something that, gosh, I mean, I'm sure you've heard this, you know, throughout growing up too, talking about like the car ride being such Mm. an important sort of thing in pro wrestling. And so for me, I leap at those opportunities and I'm honored by those opportunities. I remember even before uh, I was officially doing commentary or backstage interviewing with the UWN. I this is before the pandemic. I rode down with was Levi. Uh, it was Mikey Johnson. It was Will Hobbs. It was Zicky Dice. And wow. Yeah, and so we all rode down together, and it was an honor. And it was yeah. you know for for me it was it was just a you know it was it was so cool for me to hear them sharing stories, sharing ideas. And if I, the fact that like, this was super humbling to me is like, you know, I was comfortable and friends enough with them to where I could s- throw out a suggestion, you know, cause t- who am I? I've never worked a match <laughs> in my life kind of deal, but throw something out and be like, oh, I like that. Let's do that. And that's like the ultimate compliment to me is, is the idea that something I could suggest would actually be something that they would even give any credence to. And so like the, the car rides are definitely an education. And I, and I hear people say all the time, it's sort of a, a dying art kind of deal. So anytime I get the opportunity to ride with somebody, especially somebody like Levi, who is a friend of mine and is just such a, he thinks the business so well, uh, I take that opportunity. Like he, again, just so sharp. And he is a, and I'll say this on commentary and it's, it's legit. He is a student of the game. And yeah. he, he he really does pride himself on knowing and loving his wrestling history. And I think that's so important. I think more people uh, would do well to sort of go go back to before Hulk Hogan and stuff like that and really learn who influenced your influences. Yeah. And I, that's that's something that he does very well. And I just I as dastardly as he is and as as angry as he makes me on commentary. <laughs> uh, gosh, he, he he's killing it right now. He and Howdy Price. My goodness. <laughs> how, how much fun. The, he, he's fantastic. You know, he's one of those guys who if I had to show someone primetime live and what primetime live was about and why i enjoy it so much levi shapiro is one of the guys who just leaps from the screen and just makes you happy to be a wrestling fan this is the thing there's so much negativity about wrestling but that's the thing about primetime live i thought i talk about it on a smile because i just enjoy it so much and it's because of guys like yourself and levi who just you want to watch wrestling and enjoy it you don't want it to feel like a chore you don't want it to feel like it's um you don't yeah. not want to enjoy it. You want to you want to enjoy it. And you can feel with, you know, as you just said with Levi, that he's one of those guys who does know the business inside out. And he's one of those guys who just, he's studied not only guys like Bobby Heenan and guys like, you know, um, I see a lot of Larry Sweeney in him as well, for some, mm-hmm. you know, one of my favorites. Um, and, but then he's gone further back and he's, you know, looking at the guys who were from the 50s and from the 60s and, you know, the guys who worked the territory scene and then built up a, you know, portfolio to then um, grow even more and then influenced the generation of the 80s who then kind of exploded. I think he is one of those guys, along with the rest of the UWN roster who just makes you enjoy watching wrestling you know i mean like you said a guy like zicky dice you've got guys like watts i mean there's been guys like mike bennett who's come back from the wwe you've got um you know you've got uh 
one of my favourites in he he hasn't been on primetime live, but in uh, the UWN, uh, Alex Salias down in uh, Salias down in Championship Wrestling from Arizona. He's another yep. guy who just leapt from the screen. Bad dude Tito. He's another one who I love. Ray Roses. You know there are so many talent. Nick, and I mean we can't not like Nick Aldis, the NWA champion, who although um, he's obviously part of the NWA now, he was on the first primetime live and yes uh in the main event against mike bennett and i mean i'd seen nick aldis coming through um i'd seen him obviously uk as well british wrestler and you know so proud to see um a british national wrestler holding that nwa world championship and he was saying about like with levi when he, the switch comes on and is you know he is Levi and he's timeless, like you can feel that with Nick Aldis in that he just has that air of being a classic world champion who holds that belt like it's his life, and you just feel that, and it makes you very proud to be a British wrestling fan to know that there is someone like Nick Aldis holding the you know NWA championship, and uh, he yeah, I feel I feel like UK wrestlers are are, are on the rise. I mean. Mm. You know, I mean, look, I mean, not to not to turn it around to WWE, but I mean, gosh, look at Becky Lynch. She was a, yeah. like a historically gigantic force in in women's wrestling and all of wrestling. So, yeah. uh, it, you know, we were talking off air about Zack Sabre Jr. and and folks like that. So I, I, I feel like it's just uh, I mean, Jordan Devlin. I mean, there's tons of names right right now. I, yeah. I feel like for, for the UK that are just uh, coming out, you know, it's 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 impressive. Ben Carter over in yes. you know NXT UK, um, and I mean you've got Pack over in um, AEW as well, who's you know making huge waves um, after he was Neville in WWE, and you've got um, obviously now the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion uh, Will Osprey, yeah. who you know again is another uh, another world champion in another organization which has historically been dominated by non-english talents and he's been given the ball to you know the the sort of um to run with it and it's it's exciting you know and it's exciting to see um people developing and yeah i mean you just mentioned as well like in terms of we've we've said a lot of uh wrestlers there who are coming through the ranks of the uwn and wrestling in general um who would you like to see come into the uwn or um who who should we keep an eye on who should come through well oh man gosh there's yeah man i'm trying to think of maybe some of the some of the people that obviously have just sort of become free agents and there's so many so many different ones that are are out there i like um i like I'm going to throw out a couple of names that I haven't seen come through yet. A.R. Fox is one. Yes. He, you know, I'm a huge Lucha Underground fan and the, the work that he did there and, and really has done elsewhere is, is tremendous. So I'd like to see him uh, come through. I don't know. I don't know what his his status is or, or anything like that. I want to see more of the Dirty Daddy Chris Dickinson. I, yes. We will eventually we will conclude the United Wrestling Network world tournament uh for the world championship uh to crown the first ever chris dickinson and mike bennett i am i am just salivating at the chance to call that <laughs> matchup because the, I, I thought the tournament was fantastic and it was. It, it was a final that 
I'm, I mean, again, I talk about telling stories. Everything that Mike Bennett has been through in his career to reach the final, to become potentially the first ever United Wrestling Network world champion. And then on the other side, Chris Dickinson, who I, I say this all the time, he was the MVP. He was the all-star of, of Primetime Live in, in mm. so many respects. And one of my favorite moments, too, that was my sort of welcome to the UWN moment was my first appearance on Primetime Live was doing a backstage interview with the Dirty Daddy, Chris Dickinson, and he was giving me the business, you know, sort of uh, sort of a, a rock Kevin Kelly type uh, inter- interaction and everything <laughs> like that. And I loved every second of it. I had so much fun doing that. He is such he, he's another one that I think just in general, wherever he goes, like, keep your eye on Chris Dickinson, because he has that amazing gift of gab yes. that, that you see pop up in pro wrestling. And when you hear it this guy's going places. And I really do believe Chris Dickinson is that guy. We're talking about how you carry yourself as a top guy. Chris Dickinson carries himself like he is a top guy. And and I think uh, he, he is exactly that. So he, he's another one I'd like to see more of uh, in the United wrestling network. I just can't wait to get that, that final uh, matchup going. Oh yeah. Um, Completely agree about Chris Dickinson. Um, He, Again, he's a guy I followed for a long time through his career, um, and seeing him develop throughout the past eighteen months, I would say, um, and he's been everywhere. You know, he's been in New Japan, he's been in um, on New Japan, he's been on Strong, I should say, he's been in GCW, he's been in yep. Evolve, he's he's been, you know, he's a, a, in Ring of Honor at the moment, you know, as well. He's um, obviously been on Primetime. He he is a guy who has worked hard and you can tell his intensity and you can tell how much he loves the business. So I completely agree. He's a guy I'd love to see. And again, AR Fox is another guy. I remember seeing a very young AR Fox and he blew me away. It was on, uh, when I used to back in the day, people before we had streaming used to have to buy (laughs) DVDs. So I bought evolve. Um, I believe it was Evolve 6, I think it was. And he was in a four-way, um, which also included Rich Swan. Um, but I can't remember the nice. other two wrestlers off the top of my head. But AR Fox did the the running walk up the ring post from the from the yes. apron and just blew me away. And his, you know, just the way he moves in the ring and, and his his uh, the way he carries himself and his character and everything, he's just so amazing i'd love to see him in primetime live and like you uh love lucha underground you know lucha underground again was one of those i love lucha libre and lucha underground i wasn't able to see it in the uk because it wasn't shown on uk tv so i had to stream it through the internet and on daily motion avidly waiting for it to be uploaded before it was taken down straight after yeah Those those shows and those crowd. We talk about crowds and we talk about. Oh yeah. My God, like some of those. And um, I vividly remember watching um for the first time seeing uh, Pentagon and um just the the again in terms of someone who can hold the camera and just draw yeah. you in his. You knew from there he was going to be huge. Do you know what I mean? Like you knew this guy yeah. was going to be the future of not just Lucha Libre but wrestling. And to see him grow as not only a with, with Phoenix, but it's it's amazing. And obviously we can't not talk about Lucha Underground and Pentagon without talking about the um, 
the hardcore match you had with um, oh, this, Vampiro. The Vampiro match with Vampiro. Oh, my yeah, gosh. my favorite match from Lucha Underground. Oh and my gosh! What a yeah! What a great capper to that to that story. Oh my goodness! The I've light never, tubes, everything. Oh. You think, because the thing is as well, we become, this is another thing, like we become conditioned as fans, I think, after a long time to kind of be a bit like, oh, it's going to be hardcore, or it's going to, they'll, they'll get a table out and they'll get a chair and, uh, you know, whatever. No, they're fighting in the crowd, they're getting light tubes, they're getting out, you know, tacks, they're getting out the, you know, blade, you know, cutting each other to shreds, you know, and then they've got tables that are literally on fire, and oh, it was just nuts, absolutely nuts, and that that closing image of you know um, the master and everything, and just that turn, oh, yeah. it was oh, it was so cleverly done, you know. By the and, way, great commentary team too. I loved Matt Stryker and Vampiro on commentary. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I was just about to say that they were the perfect matching for that show and um they just again and, and with, with obviously vampiro's history and talk about we were talking about like todd kennelly knowing uh the uwn inside out if you're gonna get a announcer to announce a lucha libre promotion you can't find anyone more suited than you know vampiro with his history in lucha libre and you know his persona and you know that that, that was again such a great show in terms of you would want to tune in to watch that show like yes. time live because it was different and it was exciting and it was so um, well you 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 said something uh several minutes ago which i i take as a a great compliment about uwn and that it uh it's an easy watch and, and i and i i think that you know that might sound out of hand like not this great compliment but to me i know exactly what you're talking about and I'm so happy to hear you say that because that that to me, like when I watch, you know, insert whatever show, if I say it was an easy watch, that's that's an A that like yeah. that is that is terrific because there are shows out there. Some that are, say, I don't know, three hours long that are not <laughs> an easy watch uh, necessarily. So I, I, I appreciate that. And Lucha Underground was definitely an easy watch for sure. Yeah, um, I think that's the thing is that. It's actually a compliment in the sense that you know you want you want to tune in and you want to watch wrestling and you want to just enjoy it and it's an easy watch because it doesn't feel like it's an hour it feels like it's ten minutes and yeah then you can easily go back and watch it again and you can still enjoy it as much as you did the first time and you know I think that's a testament to to everyone I think I as a fan feel incredibly lucky that you know it, it's a show which um, has come about and it's a concept as well which is really exciting is the uwm because one of sort of the one of the few last questions i've got is um it's not the final question but one of the last questions is that like the U- uwm as you just said it's got many different branches because it's kind of like an umbrella much like mm-hmm. the nwa and that it's the united wrestling network and then you've got you know hollywood arizona west coast memphis and and all the different um you know um territories in a way what it covers and I mean, are you excited to see those continue to flourish and more of those talents from those individual little areas get more time to, you know, come up through the ranks and, you know, get more TV exposure and stuff, which is both syndicated and nationally? Like, it, is that exciting to you as well? Oh, I, I think it, I think it's thrilling and I think it's I think it's great for wrestling. Yeah. I, I, th- I think it's I think it's great for the health of the industry to have 
that sort of, you know, new take on the territory system. And because, you know, what is one, I'm excited to see some of the Memphis talent come into Hollywood and, mm. and do stuff with us. You know, you see people from Arizona come and come and do stuff with us. You know, EJ Sparks, just just to name one. And, yes. you know, I know Dan Joseph, by the way, who is one of my my favorite performers in the UWN, uh, including just this sort of crazy spiral that he that he's gone on recently <laughs> uh, is just he's another one of those guys that knows who he is backwards and forwards and just I, he's just so crisp in the ring. He, he's and just fun to watch. He's another one that grabs the screen. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's it's great for wrestling. I think it's important for wrestling. I love what the UWN is doing with that. I'm excited to see those talents then come in. But also, you know, what works great in Hollywood might not work as great in Memphis. So I think I think that's something that as we've gotten connected more together via social media or whatever we've sort of lost sight of that a little bit that regional tastes are a real thing Mm. and so that certain things will work better in memphis than than say maybe in hollywood and stuff like that and i think it's it's important to be able to recognize that uh for, for the wrestlers too so that when you know if they're going on tour and you know you want to get heat you know that hey if i do this in memphis or if i do this in arizona this is going to really, you know, upset the crowd or, or what have you. It's important to know those things. It's important for commentators to know those things. And so, yeah, I, I think it's tremendous. And I, I just I love what the UWN and David Marquez are doing and just sort of spreading that out. I, I think it's I think it is a the proverbial sort of rising tide that's lifting all boats and press professional wrestling. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it's a it's a brand which to me is everything good and positive about pro wrestling in that it's it's harking back to the territory days and it's giving young people the opportunity to to flourish and grow and it's also celebrating like you just said you, you hit the nail on the head the regional aspects of wrestling which for a long time may have been lost which you know still exist you know like when i started watching championship wrestling from arizona it was completely different it was kind of a completely new way of watching it because it was a completely different style and a completely different um the fans were different to those in hollywood you know who have a different take on things and then you watch it or you see memphis for example and again it's different because there's different tastes there's different yes um, there's different uh triggers for people's um you know emotions and things and and it does it does and that's what i mean about fans as we said it kind of goes full circle in a way but it kind of having those fans there has such an effect on how it appears in terms of um what you see as a as a fan watching and it also allows you as a fan who's watching to to see a completely different um environment so it's like you know the, the aesthetically you know the nile theater is completely different to the championship wrestling from hollywood um you know arena or you know like um thunder studios is completely yes. different to you know um like you could say like the thunderdome for example in you know wwe or like the impact zone or whatever you know they're all different and i think that's what i love is that it's like it it, it goes back to wrestling's roots but in yeah. a fresh concept way which i think is really refreshing and i think 
I just love that there are so many young talents who are getting the chance to come up and and are, and are becoming known to me because I like I said I love I love wrestling seeing young wrestlers coming up and I love being able to see talents who I've never seen before and go and research them and think you know oh that guy wrestled there I'll go and, and you can find on YouTube you know matches from where you know like we just said for example AR Fox you know you can then go and see him wrestling as well as in Evolve like Dragon Gate or in CZW or you know like in um I don't know like he went over to Japan for example it's exciting that you know it opens up doors we talk about this forbidden door it's kind of like not a forbidden door per se but yeah it's opening a door to a new concept, but it's not... A, I'm going right kind of like... You know where I'm going with this, James, but like I'm saying that we're going back to wrestling's roots, but we're opening up new avenues which haven't been touched for a long time, is what I'm trying I, to say. Yeah, and I, th- I think that that's kind of how wrestling has always operated is that you know it's it's this constant sort of pendulum and and circling back to to things to where we've been before but yeah putting just sort of a a slightly different uh, you know coat of paint on it or a little twist on on the same old story or way of doing things is kind of what is wrestling has always been about And, and i think yeah the forbidden door you know i've heard people saying online that look you know david marquez was was you know had had the hidden door wide open before or before the forbidden door wide open before anybody else did and you know i and i think that's true and and i think that he is doing these sort of innovative things with, with pro wrestling. And it is, it is cultivating great young talent that otherwise maybe wouldn't have the, the opportunities that they do. I mean, gosh, I, I was, you know, while we've been talking, I was just thinking about some of like my favorite uh, sort of performers to watch uh, on Hollywood or primetime live and just across the UWN. And like, I'm, I was started thinking about, I was like, man, can't wait to see like midnight heat in championship yes. wrestling from Memphis. You know, I, I just like, they, they, they to me are one of my favorite, acts in pro wrestling right now like i i, I love the the ta- the tag team division in the uwn right now the bodega uh their their whole thing is is great and so natural and just they they i don't know, just have complete control over those that character arc that they're doing there with the bodega i love danny limelight Popo, and slice boogie mm. uh they're doing great uh midnight heat like i said uh, they're they're just they're some of my most fun to watch, and then you know some of the people that have come in more recently, you know, looking at uh, Jack Banning and the character that he's doing. Uh, I think important to note, you know, we've talked about you know wrestling in the pandemic era and not having fans. Look and watch Jack Banning wrestle, and watch how he yes. turns that into a positive for him. He uses the entire room, he uses his voice, and it in it, but it's all still fully in character he is mm. fully jack banning and i and i just think you know when i see stuff like that it just it it hits me in that sweet spot I was like this is good and like i love i just love seeing that i love seeing those those performers really thrive jordan cruz another young yes. up-and-coming talent that i that i really enjoy watching uh he just had a piece of business with another very entertaining uh team beef candy which are just gosh <laughs> man richie slade and flex the stuff that they come up with you know when they did the little bit with us on commentary that was it's just uh yeah they they are a tremendous amount of fun it's um such a diverse and such a wide roster with so many great talents and it's just so fun you know it's just it's just fun you know like i said i can't not talk about it and not smile because i think 
I want to go and watch some UWN after talking about it just now. It's like I want to go back and I want to watch the whole primetime live, um, you know, series all over again to get me excited for the finals of the tournament, you know, and just catch up on it. You know, I, 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 it's one of the few things as well where every week I sit down and I watch it. And, you know, there are very few things now in this kind of day and age where we, because we are spoiled in terms of having things like Netflix and having streaming services, but when it does come on fight and, you know, it's there, it's like, I'm there watching it, you know, every week, you know, enjoying it, you know, and I think that's a nice thing to have. It gives you, like you said, it gives you a warm feeling inside. It makes you feel like this is why I got into wrestling in the first place, watching it on a week and enjoying it. And then, you know, that's what makes me smile, you know, and that's a nice thing to be able to do. It's not a chore. It's, it's great. You know, I, think- I, I, I love I love hearing that. And that, that's something, too, that both in in my sports background and, and the wrestling stuff that, you know, through this pandemic coming to realize that, like, you know, entertainment is a very important part of a lot of people sort of just uh, I don't know. Well-being is too strong of a word, but just sort of their overall happiness, mm-hmm. I suppose. And, and you know, and, and that's that's a that's a flattering and complimentary sort of position to be in to be able to. Uh, provide at some level uh, entertainment to to everybody out there, and it's it's something that we don't take lightly. That's for sure. Oh no! Um, like I said, it's just a great privilege to have been able to speak to a member of the UWN family and be able to, you know, learn more about you know Primetime Live and your journey, you know, into the UWN. It's been fantastic, and I have one. Well, I have two exciting final questions for you, James, which might Excellent. be difficult ones to hold, to answer, but. If you could announce one match from history, wrestling history, or any um, sports history, what would it be and why? And also, if you could announce one future dream match, what would it be and why? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Woo. Those are, those are good. Um, from, from history, uh, I think that I will choose... Man, it's it's tough because I think we've we've talked about Sean and Rick at 24. I I think though because he's my guy and it was his last match, which I because I don't count Crown Jewel. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I will go with uh, Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker from WrestleMania 26. Yeah. I think I I, I would have liked to have been on the call uh, for for that one. That that's that's the one one from history that that I would definitely like to be a part of although recent history if i were to go further back mm-hmm. uh I, I i'll say beyond a match i i, w- I would love to have uh i'd love to do play-by-play with like jesse ventura or bobby heenan as my color yeah. commentator uh i that would just be such such a thrill i I, w- I would love for them to it would be an honor to have had them razz me for something on on commentary you know i just just, just like it was an honor for chris dickinson to, to bust my chops in that backstage uh interview <laughs> Uh, segment in terms of a dream match that I would like to call. Well, the first one I'll say we've also already talked about Mike Bennett, Chris Dickinson for the United Wrestling World Championship. Yeah. That that is a dream match that will happen, and I'm, I'm very excited to to see that uh, happen. And then another dream match that I would like to call that I think will happen very soon, and that's Roman Reigns and The Rock. Yes, that'd be definitely an exciting one to um to see and uh, the elements of the family but also the legacy of the WWE and what both of them um, accomplished and have achieved I think that would be 
The yeah, I, I think I, yeah. I think it's coming. I got I just thought of another one, actually, though, another dream match that that I want to make happen. And he said he's going to wrestle forever. So I hope I would love I would love to call timeless Levi Shapiro taking on <laughs> Terry Funk. Oh, who, Terry wow. Funk is Levi's favorite wrestler. I would love to see that happen. That would that would just be oh, my gosh, to call that match would be that'd be a classic. Oh, wow. Um, that'd be awesome. Terry Funk as well, another guy who was on commentary, and then obviously we had the historic turn. Um, yes, you know, Wrestle War with the pile driver through the table hurled around the world, leading yes. into their historic feud. My favorite feud with uh, Flair's Flair and uh, well, Basting, uh, Flair and Funk from '89. What a what a feud that was! Um, Tremendous piece of business. Oh, amazing. Um, Terry Funk as well, one of those guys who again timeless you know he just you can't not watch terry funk and not you know fall in love with his work and just his versatility but yeah that'd be awesome you know they'd have yeah. such a, not just the actual wrestling but just the interaction before oh my gosh amazing could you could, imagine could it? you imagine with howdy price <laughs> on the outside and just all the shenanigans i mean i gosh it, Levi, Levi with with Terry would be oh my goodness! Like even like you do it tomorrow, and it would be <laughs> tremendously entertaining. Like it, it would be so good, and I think there's a reason why you know obviously Terry is Levi's favorite wrestler. I mean, it, a lot of wrestlers can learn a lot going back and watching the just the wide swath that Terry Funk's career has covered, and just what a master. Yes, yeah, he. I mean, both Funk brothers, but um. You know, obviously, the, Terry I've seen more so than, than Dory, but um, Terry just, he he's one of those guys who just, again, much like Randy Savage, he can wrestle the um, the Matt style, he can ma- wrestle the crazy style, he can talk, he can wrestle in tag matches, he's been everywhere around the world, he's, he, he, he is a a master of the industry you know he's got it in his blood and his father yes. you know, his brother has from his father you know that or their father um and every terry funk match and, and this is the thing as well is that we talk about psychology and terry funk again is a master of psychology and i think that is, isn't just in terms of the psychology of calling you know on the on the mic or um you know pulling a you know doing a great promo but it's also you know being able to read those audiences and being able to instinctively know what to do at certain points and being able to pull out particular things what surprise they are i mean like when you saw him in ecw for example it was totally different to what it was like you know in the early part of his career and knowing how those fans would react you know and just the versatility of him is just uh a treat to watch. You never know which Terry Funk you're going to get. That's the exciting thing. You never know what yes. Terry Funk you're going to get. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Even no now. doubt about it. Yeah, totally. Amazing. Um, thank you so much, James. It's been an absolute blast to have you on the show. And it's been an absolute blast to be able to talk to you this evening. Um, just thank you for, you know, giving me the time to speak to you and just being able to learn about your career in the UWN and just in, in announcing in general, it's been an absolute privilege. So thank you. It's absolutely my pleasure, Stephen. Anytime, uh, you know where to find me. But yeah, this was a ton of fun. So thank you for having me on. Oh, no, you're welcome. And I definitely, you know, once UWN Primetime Live is back on again, we'll definitely have you back on the show and we'll be talking about that 
um, main event world title final and we'll be, you know, airing views on who should have won, who should have lost, what should have <laughs> happened. Um, and any of the people who are coming up, I, I can't wait. I just, just thank you again for, you know, joining me. And just so um, where can people find you on social media? That's the final thing because I want everyone to follow you and to, you know, be able to, you know, share your work. It just, uh, you appreciate know, it. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at James Kincaid. It's uh, James and then it's K-I-N-C-A-I-D. So at James Kincaid on Twitter and then it's at the James Kincaid on Instagram. And yeah, you can find me there. Feel free to, to drop me a line. I, I love talking wrestling. I, I, I love all the fans and just, uh, you know, the just the feedback and everything is so great. I love the, you hit on it earlier, the wrestling community uh, <laughs> being a part of it is something that is very special to me. So yeah, uh, drop me a line on, on Twitter, or Instagram. I look forward to hearing from y'all. Thank you. And definitely will do. And the, um, as always, the links to James's social media handles will be in the description of the, um, of the podcast. So definitely go and follow him and say hi, you know, that's why I did. I said hello and we're talking now. So, you know, it's, uh, always great just to be able to say hello and then have a, you know, an actual physical, com- well, say physical verbal conversation as well yes. as just, um, texting, you know, it's always great. And, um, you know, like I said, just thank you again, and just um, you know, my, I want to say this as well, just before um, before we do finish off, I just want to say thank you to um, you and the rest of the UWN family for entertaining me and everybody during the pandemic. Because I mean, at the start of it, we didn't know what was going to happen in terms of the world, essentially, and being able to have wrestling still there, but wrestling what's enjoyable and takes you away from what's been happening is a great privilege and you've all been risking yourselves in a situation which you know has been scary many times but it does mean a great deal to me and i think everyone that you've been able to continue entertaining us so just thank you as well for that it's our honor and you know knock on wood uh but i would i would i would love for the uwn to come to the uk at some point and i can <laughs> you know we can have a pint in person or something like that down the road but you know ne- never say never I, I would i would very much so enjoy that and like i said uh it's our honor and hit me up anytime thank you and we will do that we will i'll show you the pubs of england and we'll sit there and we'll watch it in the bars and we'll get everyone in there. We'll, get in. we'll get levi in there we'll get david yeah. in, in there we'll get can everyone you imagine in levi and james kincaid doing doing the uk the amount of fun and vignettes that we could do there would be oh my goodness that would oh, be incredible that would be fantastic um it'll happen one day i've got good yes. vibes i've got good vibes um that'd be brilliant so no just thank you once again james and for everyone just to finish off you can find bbg wrestling on twitter at bbg wrestling and you can find our website at www.bbgwrestling.com so that does it for me stephen jackson with this amazing interview with uwn announcer james kincaid thank you once again james and thank you everyone for listening and keep safe